Hello and welcome to Revival and Extinction, a video games podcast where I play at least five hours of a game and tell you how good it is. And this week, we're heading off to merry old London. So good morning listeners, Uh, my name is Adam and I am the host of Revival and Extinction, a video games podcast where I play at least five hours of a game and tell you how good it is. So today we are continuing on with our Assassin's Creed series, delving into Assassin's Creed Syndicate, ranked 11th out of 12 in the best to worst rankings of the Assassin's Creed franchise main games as according to Metacritic scores. Um, So being the second worst, this game obviously does have some problems, but I found it a lot better than last time's foray into Assassin's Creed Unity. So Assassin's Creed Syndicate follows the action stealth gameplay of the previous and future installments of the Ubisoft franchise. Um, 
it's got a lot of the same mechanics it does introduce some new features which are good some of which are bad and guess what again I had a glitch when I was playing through the first five chapters which is what I will be talking about today however this one wasn't exactly a bad glitch um, so this game was released in 2014 uh, for the PS4, Xbox One and PC um, and follows the same sort of basic overall premise. So there's two real world splits. There is the present day where you are an assassin initiate in 2014 and you have to basically track down the pieces of Eden before the Templars. So this became a real tried and true formula after Desmond Miles' departure from the series. Um, working with the same similar assassins in the present day being Bishop, Sean and Rebecca. And then there's the further on gameplay of where you play this time two protagonists. So twins, Jacob and Evie Fry, set in London uh, around the 1886 period. So these are, I guess, our family-run assassins. They really look up to their father, who was an assassin before he was killed by the Templars. Um, so they're still quite new. They're not initiates, but they're not master assassins either by the time you come to England. So they come to England because they are noticing that the Order is not doing anything to kind of help out. Um, help the help the creed in that area. Um, so they kind of go against their master's wishes and really kind of um, set out to England to help out the lone the lone caretaker there, um, Henry Green, who is an Indian English assassin, um, whose voice actor was tremendous. By the way, I might just say now. Um, so Evie and Jacob join with Henry and they are looking at taking down um, the, the head Templar, um, the Master Templar, Starrick, uh, Gordon Starrick, I believe his first name is. Um, so he's got, he's got his fingers in all the pies in terms of the medical and psychiatric care, the banks, the... Um, the labour industries, everything that was around that um, industrial revolution type era of England is really portrayed there. Um, so then you go about dismantling his empire bit by bit um, by assassinating his Templars and taking down various parts to, I guess, liberate, um, liberate London again will all be as it seems as with most assassin's creeds um i don't know i got a funny feeling from the get-go particularly after the first assassination um of which evie tries to steal a piece of eden and assassinates uh, a very tesla-like piece of eden it produces electricity um 
and I don't know to get I got the feeling that all definitely isn't what it seems um yes it shows like the destitutes of London and all that kind of thing like the rich and poor divide as always um and the assassins being the freedom fighters for good but yeah I don't I get the feeling they're dismantling a pretty well-oiled machine um so we'll see so like I said the first the first mission um is really strong to be honest it's Evie and Jacob in one of the other kind of boroughs of England I forget the the name it might be Kent I don't know um where they take down um one of Starek's scientists um who is under the guise of I want to say Bella Thorne because she looks both like the actress Bella Thorne and her last name is actually Thorne so I'm just going to call her Bella Thorne for this I know it's not um who is like Starek's mystical kind of witch woman so you go as Evie break into the you do you do the stealth section so Evie's basically the stealthy assassin her her skill tree, which I'll get onto a bit later, covers a lot of the stealth-based aspects. And Jacob is more the jump in, um, kill everyone, you know, like the meme that if there's no one around, no one can raise the alarm. And it's got Altair um, from the first Assassin's Creed with just 50 bodies around him. That's kind of more Jacob's. Jacob's more the rough and tumble, um, punch him up, kind of kill everyone in the room. Um, whereas Evie is more the stealth. So you go to an underground lab, um, you fight off his minions and assassinate the scientists. You don't get away with the piece of Eden because it blows up in its machine um, and you escape back to the surface. But you've achieved a 50% goal there. Um, so this is in tandem with Jacob's first mission, which is stopping a train, um, which he ends up stopping it by blowing it up and derailing it. So it really shows the contrast of the twins there. Um, and I wish majority of the missions were set out like that, where you do half of it as Jacob, half as Evie. I think there was a bit going on in development with this game and that Evie may have been intended as a main protagonist um, initially, but it being 2013, 2014, Ubisoft didn't feel confident. Um, I know Square Enix released Tomb Raider around that time, the Tomb Raider remake. Um, however, I don't think Ubisoft felt confident in releasing a sole female protagonist, so they gave us the twins, which started off as a good dynamic, but by particularly sequence five, you can definitely tell that Jacob was meant to be the main protagonist um, there because the missions definitely become more central to him. Um, so after that, you guys go to London um, because you want to take down Staric. Then there's some illusion that... Um, illusion with an A, sorry. That Staric was the one that killed your father, who was a master assassin. Um, nothing confirmed as of yet. Maybe potential future spoilers for that. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, 
So then you go to the main borough of London and learn the overall mechanics from good old Henry. So this really follows a Gangs of New York style premise where there are a main gang that are controlled by Staric and the Templars. So of course Jacob creates his own own gang to try and fight them. Um, so these are called the Rooks. And this, this is where I'll delve really into the overall mechanics of the game because you've still got, you've still got your synchronization points, um, but you've also got a lot of city events which are linked to territorial conquering, um, which are then linked further into affiliates that you meet and leveling up the affiliates by doing city missions and conquering boroughs which gives you XP, money, and crafting materials. So you've really got a lot to do um, throughout. There's a lot of side content. Um, it does get samey after a while, although with breaks in between the main missions themselves, um, there are some, it, it varies it up, you know? The leveling system is not great. Um, so you've got 1,000 XP to fill up your skill point meter, which in turn gives you one skill point, which in turn an increasing amount of skill points ups your level. So for example, level one, to get to level two, you need three skill points. So you need to fill that bar three times, spend three skill points in your skill tree, and that then levels you up to level two which gives you access to a level two gear, um, which again differs between Evie and Jacob. They, they simplified the gear, which I loved. Assassin's Creed Unity had way too many clothes, way too many guns, way too many swords that you had to pay money for, even to unlock when you reach the level. Um, so the majority of the basic gear that you need to get through the game unlocks when you reach a level cap. Um, so for example, you reach level seven, you unlock all the base tier level seven gear. Um, so you're not gated by money or grind. There's no grinding aspect unless you really want to. Um, you don't even, you, you can get through the game without crafting the extra gear or upgrades essentially. Um, so the crafting really is a side thing, which is good because materials are hard to get unless you use an exploit. Um, that's where it starts getting really grindy and you can use um, an exploit from a gang upgrade. That's another, that's another tree that I forgot to talk about, gang upgrades. Um, there's three levels of that. Um, of course, you've got your income from your main base, which is pretty cool because it's a train that constantly moves around the city. So the premise is that because Staric has so many people in so many different areas, you need a mobile base to stay off his radar, which is a train, which is pretty fucking awesome, if I do say so myself. Um, and you've got different missions attached to that, and you can upgrade your train, I think, twice um, throughout the game as you progress. So... From those skills, you've got Jacob-specific skills and Evie-specific skills in your skill tree. These are near the end of the skill tree. 
So I guess I'll start talking about the ways you can actually get XP and money in the game. Um, so there's a lot. Each borough or area that you can conquer um, has about five different different things you can do. There's Bounty Hunt, which is attached to the affiliate of um, Inspector Abilene, famous from the Sherlock Holmes books or media, um, whichever one you prefer. And Bounty Hunts are essentially capturing a target, dead or alive, chucking them in a carriage and driving them to Abilene. Um, you get more money and more affiliate points if you capture the target alive, essentially. Um, then there is Templar Hunt, which is attached to Henry Green's affiliate points, um, of which you basically go to an area, identify your Templar leader target, and assassinate them. Um, doing this in a variety of ways gives you more affiliate points and more money as well, um, and helps you with that 100% synchronization. Which, as with all the Assassin's Creed games, is not something I'm going for. Um, that's probably the only achievement I don't try and get when I play these games because ain't nobody got time for that. Um, some of them are really complex and fiddly and just not worth my time when I'm playing these on a bit of a deadline. Um, one <laughs> hilarious one, the first the, I guess, tutorial Templar hunt that you do is running the target over with a carriage and killing them that way, which is super hilarious to do. Um, gives me real Simpsons hit and run vibes. So next is the Child Liberation, um, which is attached to Clara, who is like your irregular type child who is far too intelligent for a child of that age child. Um, so freeing, um, freeing the child labour um, people, the children that are being forced to labour in in these factories, Starrick's factories, and um, doing it quietly, killing the foreman in a certain way, or disabling all the alarm bells and not getting caught doing it, um, are the way to get extra money and affiliate points with Clara. And then there is Ned Weinert, um, Ned is out of a piece of media I have forgotten. Um, if anyone knows where Ned Weiner is from, um, feel free to send me an email at revival.extinction at gmail.com and let me know um, because I've forgotten now. But Ned's affiliate points are linked to the, um, the robbery type challenges, there's car racing, there's um, cargo escort, there's cargo robbery, train robbery, and also boat robbery as well. And they are all attached. Um, there's also gang stronghold, um, which isn't the gang fight itself. It can get confusing. Um, gang stronghold is also attached to Henry Green. Um, and doing those by freeing the rooks that are captured by the rival gang um, and burning Templar plans is normally how you get more money or Henry Green points. And that, when you've completed all of those in one burrow, um, it then leads to what's called a gang war where you face off against the gang leader for that territory. Um, once you kill them, 
you then bring the remaining gang members into the fold with yourself and um, take over that burrow and I guess your your heat level goes down for want of a better word. Um, other side missions that you can do, there's Fight Club, which is ripped straight out of Sleeping Dogs. Um, I don't know which one came first. From memory, Sleeping Dogs was 2013. Um, so Square Enix might want to look into that 10 years on, who knows. Um, but yeah, that, that premise is just for money and experience that you can use to grind out there. Um, like I mentioned before, all the Ned Weiner affiliate linked activities, um, car- oh, not cargo, sorry, bloody, um, not chariot races either, car races essentially, using the horse-drawn carriage, um, carriage races. Um, the, the robberies being the train, the boat, or the cargo escort. Um, and then you've got the, the famous figure missions, um, which we also saw make an appearance in Assassin's Creed Unity. And this is where, once again, the side stories in these just develop so well. Um, because you've got Charles Darwin mysteries, which focus on science, technology, and the like. Um, you've got Charles Dickens mysteries, which are really confusing. CD um, acronyms are not good between two side characters. Like, you'd know the difference because they're so different. Um, Dickens is more like the Dickensian stories that he wrote about. So the mysteries that surround London, the supernatural. Um, And then later on, you've got Karl Marx, Queen Victoria, which I haven't gotten to yet. And there's also DLC content about called the Maharaja Mysteries, um, which I also haven't delved into yet. So I'll talk about more about that in part two. Um, So that basically covers all the side content that you can experience in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Um, So all up, that is a wealth of time right there. Um, We haven't even gotten onto the story yet. Um, So chapter two is your intro to all of these, or sequence two. Sequence three um, then moves into eliminating Starrick's minions around London. Um, So, sequence three introduces you to Mr. Graham Bell himself, Telephone Man, who gives you the zip line, which is a fantastic and best quality of life feature they could have added to a city the square size of London, which they've replicated really well in this game. Um, Alexander Graham Bell gives you some really cool cool toys to help you um, kind of complete your assassination missions with more ease and make them more fun, essentially. Um, he gives you what's called the Vault voltatic bombs I want to say they're basically just electric stun bombs you've got your smoke pellets you've got your throwing knives you've got these things called hallucinogenic darts which drive um, any enemy if your level's high enough Um, you can even do it to your assassination targets Um, 
insane and causes them to fight themselves. Really good at distractions. Or if you shoot them into a fire pit, they can affect an entire group of enemies at a time. Very helpful in stealth-based missions or missions where there are lots of English or British police um, because those motherfuckers are tough. Uh, you might have a hidden blade or brass knuckles or something of the like, but those clubs will bring you down, particularly if you're below level five. Um, they'll kill you in about two shots. So watch out for the for the coppers, as they say. Um, so there is this drug um, called syrup, which is essentially, I'm guessing morphine or heroin um, equivalent that's being distributed around London uh, making people drooling messes. So you work with Charles um, Charles Darwin in tracking down the source of the syrup, um, which is Starrick's manufacturing plant. Um, you blow that up. You also go after the guy who came up with the, the theory of it, which, surprise, surprise, they're using it in medieval psychi psychiatric practices. So you break into the asylum um, and you kill that motherfucker who's producing that. Along the way, you meet Florence Nightingale, which was a pretty cool mission for Clara that is um, Eevee-specific. So, yeah, along the way, this is where the missions start breaking into Jacob-specific and Eevee-specific missions. Some of the missions that Eevee-specific really don't have much of a stealth route, which was surprising because Eevee really is a glass cannon. If you spec her right, she can have heaps of attack power, but she never really has any defensive power at all. Um, so some of those missions I had to, I got desynced a lot of times, um, which is one of the, uh, one of the reasons I'll bring up now why I am bouncing off this game is the bloody load times. Um, so every time you desync, it's 40 seconds before it reloads. Um, going into a mission is 25 seconds and changing areas is 30 seconds of loading time. Um, it's fucking big. Um, I am on an Xbox One S. Um, I don't know where the X or PC might increase these loading times or decrease them, sorry. Um, yeah, I just don't know. But it is what is, like, I've gone to other games, just have a break because the loading times have been getting to me. Something fierce and a by far the worst aspect of this game. Um, moving forward, episode or sequence four and five, um, broken up over two big arcs that kind of cover the same story though. Um, so you finish off the, I guess, syrup arc and take down Starrick's manufacturing of that drug that is the scourge of London City. Um, but after that, one one cool thing about that Florence Nightingale mission, oh, you've taken down the medicine manufacturer. Um, so the kids of London, they don't actually have medicine. Um, the medicine production has been stopped short because you've killed this person. So even from sequence four, you are seeing the consequences of your actions, um, which I just love. That mission like was so good when it brought up that, oh yeah, you're killing a Templar who's producing heroin. Um, but he was also producing the medicine for the city that 
the sick children were able to get because Florence was buying it and then distributing it for free to the to the lower class of the city. Um, that's also what you're, you've affected. Um, so it was, yeah, really good seeing the consequences to your actions of maybe what the Templars are and maybe what they aren't um, in the city of London. So sequence five, you team up with Pearl Attaway to um, break down Starrick's, I guess, commerce of naval naval fleets. So um, this has a lot of lot of stuff to do with the boats that are travelling around on the Thames, um, the Thames River, which is beautifully done. The water physics in this game are actually really, really, really good. So I will pay that. Um, travelling across the Thames is pretty pretty easy as well um there's jumping between boats is pretty fun it's very rare that you will actually have to fall in the water and a lot of the missions attributed to that kind of thing are don't fall in the water you'll get full sink if you don't fall in the water surprise surprise pearl betrays you um you steal some combustion engines for her from ned uh ned helps you get those combustion engines and the last kind of face off with pearl is um in her secure train which you can do a pretty pretty cool way of getting to her by freeing the station master and going in a secret underground passage and then assassinating her um, i might actually put up some video clips about that so that covers i guess the first five sequences of assassin's creed unity good and bad oh i will talk about the glitch quickly so this time i got glitched by automatically attaching equipment um so I found this happens a lot, um, particularly when you switch between Jacob and Evie quite a bit. So I'll go off and do a couple of Jacob-specific missions. I'll come back and Evie was equipped with gear that I had not equipped her with. Um, keeping in mind, this was when she was level 3 and it equipped her with level 9 gear. Um, so that was that was a bonus. That was a bonus kind of glitch this time, not a, not a nearly game-breaking one that I experienced in Unity. Um, so, yeah, a good glitch this time, but still a glitch. Um, the physics with the climbing, um, you got to use that zipline. It's been a lifesaver in terms of time. Um, the, the synchronization points throughout the city are far, far less, um, which was a good thing. Your sink covers a, a lot more ground. Um, and the equipment overall is just better. I've talked about the upgrades for, like, your pouches, which basically give your sidearms, more potency. The costumes are cool. There's only about 12 costumes for Jacob and Evie, each with different functions, uh, which is awesome. Um, there's three types of weapons, all of which Jacob and Evie can both use. Brass knuckles, which are definitely more Jacob-centric as they lead it out. J uh, canes, cane swords, which are more like Evie-centric, I guess. And then the Kukuri, which um, Henry Green introduces to you, which is like a um, an Eastern-type serrated blade on one edge. Um, they're by far the most powerful. So I equip Jacob with them, and I, I still use the canes for Evie because they get by. Um, and she has a an outfit which gives her extra cane damage, um, which kind of makes up the difference there. So, yeah, that covers off this first episode of um assassin's creed syndicate i used the spare time to record this episode on my commute to work so i do apologize 
to my um, to my brand new editor, actually Dalton. Shout out to Dalton, who has kindly volunteered to help me edit these podcasts. Um, so sorry, Dalton, I did this on my morning commute, but it's the time I have forty minutes in which I can talk to everyone and get this get this out more often. Hopefully, um, shout out to two two of Dalton's podcasts that um, that he does very well in his lovely sultry voice. Um, Shout out to the Steam Machine podcast, um, which Dalton and his friends play games from his massive Steam Machine library. Um, And there's also a lovely Discord um, that is attached to that, which I will chuck in the show notes, which have a bunch of lovely people talking about video games. Um, They're all very knowledgeable, very friendly. Um, So come on in and join. Um, Dalton's other podcast is yet another bullshit podcast um, of which he talks bullshit um, with with his friends also. And all, that has a Facebook page attached to that. If you ever have a question, just search yet another bullshit podcast on Facebook and it will come up. Talking about Facebook, I have revived the Revival and Extinction podcast Facebook. Um, it's like I've put put all the old, old episodes up there from Anchor. Um, it also shows, I guess, the creation and where my kind of head was at back in 2019, three years ago, when I re- I started Revival Instinction initially as a blog. Um, found that writing was too hard. Um, that blog is now dead. I don't think you can find it anywhere on the internet. Um, started as a blog, found that writing was way too time-consuming along with playing the games as well as getting screenshots and pasting them in um, to that blog. And talking about them in a podcast is a lot easier. So that's why we switched. Um, But you can see kind of where my head was at three years ago with that and, um, yeah, how how this whole thing kind of started. Um, So that is it for me today. Thank you once again and uh, tune in next time.